Hi, my name is Mike Herbster. I'm privileged to be the director of Southland Christian Camp Ministries. For over 25 years, Southland has centered itself around the ministry of preaching. We believe that God uses the foolishness of preaching to convict hearts and transform lives. Our prayer is that today's sermon would push you to become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you listen, would you carefully evaluate your life in light of God's Word and take the appropriate action to grow in your walk with Him? We hope that you will enjoy today's message. Good evening. That's so much better than this morning and and last night. I hope you've had a good time uh, today. How many of you passed your swim test? Good. You know, I've noticed this. This is the second time around being here. Uh, Swim test day, the pool is loaded with people. And uh, today it was was very, I thought the, the water was nice and comfortable and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I have some scratches here and there for people trying to drown me, but that's okay. I obviously survived. Uh, anybody do the gator glide today? Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, the girls did not have the opportunity to do the gator glide, I guess. Um, how about, uh, is paintball today or is that Thursday? Are, are the junior campers able to do that? Awesome. Awesome. Wow, that might be a little bit of fun. So that'll be cool. Um, let's see, what else, what else uh, did, you, did you play Gaga Ball today? Anybody play Gaga Ball? Great, great, great. Anybody have bloody knuckles because of that? One or two, maybe? Yep, that's rough. Well, like I said, throw yourself completely into camp. Have a great time. I'm already having a great time, and I always, I already feel like maybe the week is going a little faster than I want it to go, but that's okay. And, and another thing, uh, you know, I'm standing there in the back, and I'm, I'm, I'm singing the songs, and I'm listening to the songs, and I am just, I am full. I am full. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, full, I'm being blessed spiritually. Um, I'm encouraged. Uh, I feel like I'm growing this week. And I'm almost emotional about it, to tell you the truth. Um, it's just exciting to see God work. And I really hope that, that you're allowing God to work in your lives. Like he said, you know, you, you allow God to work in your heart. And those are the moments in your life that you look back to as some of the best times of your life. And it is very true that a young person can be spoken to by God. I think that's uh, amazing to see Samuel, uh, who was affected by the Word of God at a very young age, and that impacted the rest of his life. You know, I think of David. David learned to walk with God when he was a young person. That's how he was able to do the things that he did. When he defeated Goliath, he was a young person, and he referred back. He said, I know that I can do this. I know that God can help me with this because God has helped me in the past. And all that stuff didn't happen on one day, but he was growing in the Lord. Over and over and over, we see in Scripture where young people let God work. Another one is Josiah, and I thought, wow, Wait, if I, if I was speaking on Josiah tonight, but that was not my plan, I thought, well, let's just, maybe we should just try it. Uh, Josiah was a young person. He became king at eight years old. Can you imagine 
And you know, Josiah, the word of God came to Josiah, and I think that's because Josiah was looking for God in his life. And when you look for God in your life, listen carefully, when you look for God in your life, you're going to find him. And the Bible says when you seek for him with all your heart, you'll find him. And that is true. God says that, and we see that in our lives. We see it in other people's lives. And so take these times and look for God. You say, well, maybe I've heard this story before. That's okay if you've heard this story before. God can show you something. God does that to me all the time. There's something that God shows me, and I say, how is it that I'm old, and I've never seen that? I know I've read it. Who knows how many times? I've, I've heard people tell the story, but I didn't see that. But God showed me something. And so tonight we're going to have a, a story that is very familiar. And yes, we're going to use you to tell the story. I'm sorry, girls. There, there's, really, there's five girls in the story, but four of them, they're in and they're out, like right there at the beginning. And one of them is a really bad person. And so... I, you know, and, it, and she's kind of in and out of the story too. So I really don't want to, you know, make one of you look bad in that way or whatever. And, and the other four, you know, I'd just be pulling you up and saying, okay, go back down. So anyway, if you have your Bible, which you should, Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. The person that we're going to talk about tonight is Joseph. 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 This is what I want you to know about Joseph, okay? Joseph was abused by other people. It seems like most people in Joseph's life abused him. They misused him. They mistreated him. All those kind of things. No talking. Genesis 37. So Joseph was abused by others, but he was tremendously used by God in his life, in other people's lives, and throughout his life. He was used by God, and here's why. And it's because he was guided by truth. He might have been abused, but he was used, and it's because he was guided by truth. And if you will allow the truth of God's word to guide your life, then God can use you in tremendous ways. And frankly, I, I don't, as I look at Joseph's life, I'm like, you know what? Somebody could make an argument and say that Joseph was a smart guy. Maybe that's true. But I believe this. I believe God will do things in your mind and in your body that will help you to be better than you actually are. That, that he will help you to, to, to grow in talents and desires better than, better than you would be on normally. I know a guy that uh, when he was in junior high and high school, he totally gave himself, as far as anybody could see, totally gave himself to God. And I'm not saying he was perfect. I mean, he had his issues, and everybody does, but he gave himself to God. And I'm telling you, like, when it was Christmas time, he asked for money or Amazon gift cards so that he could buy books. And he wasn't a nerd, but he bought books that were like spiritual books. He'd come to me. I was his youth pastor, and he'd say, what, what books can I buy to help me grow in Christ? And I'm like, no, I've never had anybody ask me that question that's a young person. And, and I didn't know that he was going to take that and use all his birthday money and Christmas money to buy those books and read those books so he could grow in Christ. And you know what? Uh, he liked to play basketball, but he wasn't very good at all. But when he started doing those kind of things and started giving himself to the Lord, like his ability grew. And it wasn't because he was putting in a practice time, right? It wasn't because, and it wasn't because he was talented, but it was almost like I'm watching him and I'm like, you know what? 
He's not really that good, but he's good. And it, how is this happening? You know what I think? I think God blessed his desires because he gave God his desires. And God blessed his life because he gave his life to God. And God will do the same for you. You know what I think? I think God can help you to be a smarter person than you really are. If you give your brain to God, if you give your life to God, I think God can help you to excel in things that you enjoy. If you say, God, it's not about the things that I enjoy, it's about you. And I think Joseph was that way. We, we, we never see Joseph do anything wrong. And it's not that Joseph never did anything wrong. It's just that God doesn't bring that out for us. God shows the good things for us. And, and, God, and God shows those things. So I'm going to need a Joseph in just a minute. But Genesis chapter 37, and we'll start reading in verse number 1. And Jacob dwelled in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Joseph, now Israel, who was also Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Let's pray before we get started. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this week. We thank you for the chapel that we're going to have in the morning and, and the other times that we have with you. And Lord, I pray that we would meet you this week in a way that we haven't met you before and that you would be greater to us than, than you have been before and that we would come away from this week knowing that, that we spent time with you in a different way. And because of that, we were changed. Lord, if you bring things to our eyes and our hearts that, that are wrong, that are, that are need to be changed, Lord, that we would see those things and we would give them to you and say, Lord, change those things about us because we, we want to be pleasing to you and, and, and we want to experience your love in a greater way. Lord, let us be changed this week. And Lord, if there's young people tonight that have a specific need that we're going to talk about, Lord, I pray that you'd help them with that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And one of the things I want to mention about, about Joseph in this abused and mistreated life that he had was it at the end of his life, and we'll get to this, his brothers were a little worried about all that had happened and everything, and they, were, they said, hey, our father told us to tell you not to kill us because of, of what we've done. And, and Joseph said, you know what? It's forgiven. And this is very much about forgiveness. This story is very much about forgiveness because even though he was abused, he never held that against anybody. And in fact, he, he was exactly the opposite. And so that's kind of where all this is going. But Joseph was the son of Jacob, who was also called Israel. Now, there were, there were 12 sons in total, but he was the favorite. And, uh, and so I need a Joseph tonight. And... Um, yeah, let's, let's do in the orange shirt, yeah, in the back. No, no, sorry, bright orange shirt in the back. Yes, 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 bright orange shirt, not plaid. Bright orange shirt. So yeah, you better kind of hustle, all right? I like that. That's hustle. Do you swim? Sure. Do you swim? Because you're sure. going to dive right into this. Okay, ready? Dive. Yep. It's a little tighter than I anticipated. <laughs> oh, he lost the glasses. If it's too tight, we'll, we'll get you a different one. All right, anyway, and so his father, because he was his favorite, his father made him a coat, 
a jacket of many colors. Now, that can be translated many pieces, which possibly is why there were multiple colors. And so, um, I did not make you, but I'm not your father, a coat of many colors, but it's sort of like a coat. It's a poncho, all right? So, you know what? Who knows? Maybe it, maybe it, you know, you never know. So, there he is. It's very Josephy. So, uh, so his job, he doesn't go out with his brothers when they're watching the sheep, but he often goes and gets a report. I don't know if Jacob didn't trust the other ones, but it seems like he's sending Joseph out all the time to find out, hey, what's going on with your brothers? Well, the first time, he brings an evil report, and I don't think that, I don't think that, that helps his standing with the brothers. I don't think the fact that, that he is a favored son of his father helped him with his brothers, and I, and I can kind of get that. If I, I don't have any brothers, but I do have a sister, and I, have, I had a grandpa who favored my sister well more than he favored me. And that's, that's the breaks of it. I'm, I'm over that by now. I mean, there was birthdays that I had that I think she got more presents on my birthday from him than I did. But you know what? It's the way it was. And I can see where they could be upset at that. Now, my grandpa still loved me, but apparently the favoritism that was toward uh, Joseph was great enough that it really bothered the brothers. And maybe the fact that he was telling his dad the truth about what was going on bothered them as well. Well, Joseph has some dreams. Now, I, need, I will take some, some of Joseph's brothers. How about, can, can I use you right here in the blue striped shirt? Yep. No, I can't. He said, no, no. Um, I used you yesterday. Yeah, with the curly hair. Yep. Leave your Bible. I don't need that. I have my own. Um, and right here in the blue shirt, right here. Yep, yep. And let's uh, let's go with yeah, the blue shirt right there. Yep. We're, I'm gonna stick with the theme right here. I'm wearing blue, so why not you? Um, how about how about yeah, one more. How about yes, right here. Yep, right there. Mm, yep. And then you guys kind of stand right here, all right? And just you're just Joseph's brothers. And, and really, I don't think you're going to have to do anything specific, but just stand there, all right? So the brothers in blue, all right? So Joseph's brothers watch sheep. Joseph goes to, to see them. And then Joseph starts having these dreams. And dreams can be a weird thing. But in the Old Testament, a lot of times, God communicated to people with dreams. And Joseph communicated his dream. Now, today, my favorite brother-in-law got me something that, uh, that I, that I want to show you. And this will help illustrate. Now, one of the dreams he had was that they were all gathering some kind of a crop. And so today it's corn. So Joseph, will you just hold that? And so these are, this is a, a sheave, if you will, or a shock. And what they would do is they would take, whether it was wheat or it was corn or whatever the crop was, and they would bind it up. Now it's usually much bigger than this. If you've ever lived near Amish people, they'll do something similar. And, and out in the field, there'll be this, these big thick sheaves and they'll, they'll just wrap them up. And I guess they let them dry. I'm really, really sure I'm, I'm not Amish. And so Anyway, so he says, I had this stream, and we were all gathering, and, and we all had our own sheaves, and then uh, all of your sheaves made a circle and bowed down, I don't really know how this would work, bowed down to my sheaf. What's to mean? Like, like you're better than us or something? And, you know, Joseph's like, I don't know, it's my dream. Well, that did not help his relationship with his brothers. So the next... Uh, 
The next dream that he has, he dreams that there was the sun, the moon, and, the, and, and, and 11 stars. And so obviously the sun would be his dad and the moon would be his mom and the 11 stars would be his 11 brothers. And then there was a star for him. And all the stars, sun and moon, bowed down to his, and made obeisance, as they would say, to his star. Now, that wouldn't make you feel really good, would it? No, and it definitely made, in fact, the Bible says that they hated him the more for it, but that his dad was kind of scratching his head and saying, that's really interesting, but maybe you shouldn't really talk about that because it's really not making your brothers real happy. Well, the brothers went off, so your brothers kind of, kind of come off this way and stand on this side of the piano, right? And they went off into a field and somewhere far off because there wasn't a whole lot of grass everywhere and they had to get their, their cattle and their sheep and their oxen and whatever else out there to... Um, to eat grass, and, and so they were off in this one place, and, and dad sent Joseph, hey Joseph, why don't, you, uh, why don't you go look for them, and so Joseph's wandering around, and, and he gets to some place, and, and he says, hey, uh, I have these 11 brothers, and they've got all these, you know, uh, sheep, goats, and whatnot, and uh, do you know where they are, and the guy says, well, I think I heard somebody say that they were going to Goshen, and so he's like, okay, I'll head over to Goshen. And so he's heading over to Goshen. And so he's heading that way. And one of the brothers looks way far off and says, hey, I see our brother coming. Somebody probably said, how do you know it's Joseph? And they're like, because of the stupid coat that he wears, that, and that stupid poncho that he wears. It's all these colors, right? And so, so they, they plot. They say, you know what? We should we should finally get rid of this dreamer once and for all. We need to get rid of this guy because of, uh, of this. We, we don't like this. You know what? Sometimes there are people in your life that don't like you. There are people in your life that mistreat you. Joseph's family was kind of a mess. I mean, yeah, he had 11 brothers, and some of you were like, it'd be great to have brothers, but there was also four moms in the same house, okay? God did not design life to be that way. God, did, God gave Adam one person. He gave him Eve, and that's the way God designed it to be, not four. And because of that, there was conflict in that family. I mean, there were all kinds of problems in that family. And sometimes uh, people don't like you. Sometimes there are problems like that. But listen, just because somebody doesn't like you, it doesn't give you the right to mistreat them back. You know, this world sometimes teaches you that if somebody treats you like a doormat, that you get up and you don't let them treat you like a doormat, doormat. that you get back at them, that you get revenge to them, that you mistreat them back. You don't let them do that. But that's an ungodly, worldly, carnal perspective of life. You know what the Bible teaches us? It says to be a doormat. How do you say, wait, how do you say that? When Jesus loved his disciples... It says that he knew what was going to happen, and yet he girded a towel about him, and he grabbed a bowl, and he washed his disciples' filthy, dirty feet. You know, that's basically being a doormat. It says, look to somebody else's needs before ours in Philippians chapter 2. It says that we should esteem them better than ourselves. That's being a doormat. And Jesus became a servant to us. He didn't just become a man. He became a man who was a servant. He let those mistreatments happen. It says that when he was reviled or, or evil things were said about him, he reviled not again. That there was no guile, no hatred, no anger, no malice in his mouth. And you know what? We don't really see Joseph respond that way either. Well, his brothers, they had this plot. They're like, we should do something about that. And so they, he comes 
he comes to them, and, and so they grab him. And you know what they did? They threw him in a pit. And so uh, the best pit we're going to have is just stand on the first stair over here, okay? So you guys can go over there, all right? And so some of them said, we should just kill him. We should just kill him. I mean, that, that takes care of the problem, right? We get, we get, get rid of Joseph. Uh, we'll just kill him. Well, some of his brothers said, you know, I, I just think that's not a good idea. In fact, Reuben said, let's not do that at all. In fact, Reuben's plan was let's get him back to dad somehow, and let's just not have these kind of problems. And I don't know what Reuben's motivation was, probably, probably his dad, and he didn't want his dad to feel bad or whatever. And so I don't know where Reuben was, but Reuben went off someplace. And in the meantime, here's what the brothers decided. They said, hey, let's sell him as a slave. Let's sell him as a slave and, and take his stupid coat, his poncho, and let's kill a goat and put the goat's blood on it and say, hey, I don't know, Dad. We just found this. Apparently, apparently some wild animal got him. So that's what they did. They, they took his coat and they put some goat blood on it. Whoop. Put some goat blood on it and they took it, they took it back to Dad. And, and Dad was heartbroken. Dad believed him. I guess he didn't have any reason not to. Well, poor old Joseph. Joseph, he's... He's uh, now a slave to the Ishmaelites. Now, I want you four guys. We just sit on the front, front step right here, all right? And, and listen, okay? You're not to look at anybody. You can look my way. That'll probably help you out, all right? And so you can keep a hold of that. That's not a big deal. So Joseph, he's a slave now. You can come up this way. Joseph's a slave now, and they take him to Egypt, and they sell him to a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar was the chief, or as the captain of the guard of, of Pharaoh. Pharaoh would be like their president, but he was a president for life. He was a king, and not just that, but they believed that because he was in the Pharaoh's family, that he was a god, and so they treated him like a god. So here, here he is, and he works for Potiphar, and God blessed his life. The Bible says that whatever his hand went to do, that God made it to prosper. You know what that tells me? That it wasn't Joseph's ability. It wasn't Joseph's skill. It was Joseph's God. Now, there's things that you could say, oh, I'm just good at this. Or you can say, you know what? Maybe God's blessing my life. God's doing big things in my life. And sometimes you don't see those things. Sometimes you're looking at your life and you're saying, well, I don't really see God in my life. You know what? Sometimes you have to look back and see what God has done. And sometimes it takes a while. And in your life, time seems to crawl because, man, you want to drive one day and you want to go to college one day and you want to get married one day. And you're like, no, I don't want to get married. Okay, whatever. Maybe some of you do, okay? And time seems to crawl. But give God your life. Trust God. Follow the truth of God's word, and God will make your life successful. That's what he says in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Think about it. Memorize it. Put it into practice in your life, and then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And the same is told us in Psalm chapter 1, that the blessed man, the godly man, he doesn't hang around with ungodly people, but yet his delight that's a choice, is in the law of the Lord. You know, you can say, well, the word of God is boring. Well, you need to choose to delight in it. Choose to pour it into your life, and you'll be like a tree. A tree? Yeah, planted by the rivers of water. It brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 
God promises prosperity, but it comes through the word of God. Now, Joseph didn't have, have a word of God, okay? Joseph was before that time, but Joseph knew the truth of God that was passed down generationally. His father, Jacob, had taught him about God as his father, Abraham, had taught, or Isaac, had taught him about God and Abraham before them. They knew God, and so he was trusting what he knew of God. Well, how do you know that? Well, here's where the wicked person comes in, okay? Potiphar's wife was a wicked person. There are wicked people out there. No, I'm not going to use any of you young ladies to because she's in and out, and really she needs to be in and out, all right? There are people out there that don't want you to live for God, and they want to use you. Now, there may not have been anything that Joseph could see about this woman that was ungodly. He, he may not have known, but it was also his job to work in Potiphar's house. Whatever, I'm assuming that whatever Potiphar wanted him to do, that's what he had. Because Joseph said that there's nothing in this house that my master has kept out of my hands except you. You're not for me to touch. So what happened was this woman, day after day, would approach Joseph and say, hey, Joseph, you need to have an immoral relationship with me. Now, she didn't say it in those words because, like we talked about this morning, the devil lies to us, and the devil puts it in ways that we want to hear. And you know what? He was a red-blooded human being. That means he has his own temptation to do wrong. So do you. You know what temptation to do wrong is like. And one day, there will come temptations to do things with your body that God has said, don't do this. And so Joseph said, no, I'm not going to do this. In fact, he said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against my God? Joseph understood that his sin was not just against this woman, not just against her husband, and not just against his own self, but his sin was ultimately against God. You know, that's true. Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sin. And if Joseph would have done that sin... God would have died, Jesus would have died on that cross for his sin. It's against God. And that's why it needs to be forgiven. And that's why Christ died, so that that sin could be forgiven. But he said, I can't do that. I can't do that. And so he's working in the house one day. And I don't really know how we're going to do this. He's working in the house one day, and she's tempting him again. And she says, come on, Joseph, let's just do this. And he says, no, and she grabs a hold of him, and he, as he's trying to run away, I don't know how we're going to do this, we're going to try, it's too tight for you, all right? And so he runs away, but she has his coat, and she has this with him, and she says, ah, and she decides to scream, and she says, ah, and so the guards come in, and she says, this Hebrew, my husband has brought this Hebrew in to mock us, he tried to rape me, he tried to do wrong, now is that true? No. Listen, somebody in some day in your life is going to abuse you by lying about you. But that doesn't give you the excuse to do wrong. That doesn't give you the excuse to hate them. It doesn't give you an excuse to say wrong things about them. Do right. You know, the best thing you can do when somebody lies about you is to just keep doing right. Keep doing right. You know, when you start doing wrong because they said you did wrong, you really look like maybe you did wrong. But if you were doing right the whole time, just keep on doing right. Let God defend you because he's going to do a whole lot better job at it than you will. A whole lot better job at it than you will. If you try to defend yourself, I promise you, you're just going to get in a worse mess. But you know what? This was a bad deal. This was a bad deal because she had his coat 
and there was no witnesses. And so she, her husband came home and she said, look, this is what happened. And so her husband was mad. And some people think that her husband could have killed Joseph, could have done that, but maybe didn't believe his wife, so didn't have him killed. You know, I don't know, but that sounds, that sounds, that sounds like it could be true. So they threw Joseph in jail. Joseph, I just want you to sit on the, uh, actually, uh, just sit on the floor right here, all right? And you can face the middle, all right? Face, yeah, face me. So Joseph is in jail for something that he didn't do, accused for being wrong. He is again being abused, abused by his brothers, his family, abused by this, uh, by this woman, and, and now he's in jail. But you know what? Joseph continued to do right, and because Joseph continued to do right, God blessed him. And now Joseph, I don't even understand this. Now Joseph's in charge of the jail. So like, you know, the the jailer's like, hey, Joseph, we need this done. Could you do it? And Joseph did it. Joseph did it. And so Joseph is now doing things in the prison. He's in charge of it. Now he's in prison. But God blessed his life. You know, it's one thing to be in prison. It's another thing to be in prison but have privileges. That's a good thing. But God gave him that because he was still being guided by truth. What he knew about God was still guiding him. And you know what I believe? I believe he's, I believe he's in prison and he's saying, Lord, I, don't, I really don't understand you know, my life. I don't really understand why these bad things happen. I don't really understand why I'm here because you know what I didn't do wrong, but I'm just going to trust you. That's really amazing. But you know what? When you're in those situations, God gives you the grace, the ability to be able to say those things and be able to trust him for that. God gives you what you need when you need it. And God was giving Joseph what he needed at that time. Well, Joseph met a couple of fellas while he was in prison, okay? Joseph met a couple of fellas while he was in prison. And uh, 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 sure, sure, in, in, the, in the red shirt. Yep, right there, yep. And, uh, and let's see, I'm looking for, yeah, why not? Uh, in the red shirt, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm going to tell you a little secret here, okay? Oh, sorry, sorry, the guy in the other red shirt, yep, yes, further back, yep, sorry. Um, I'm going to tell you something. If, if you are standing up when you're raising your hand, I'm probably not going to call on you, okay? So that's just a little secret, all right? So he meets these guys, and you guys can come sit, sit right here and here, all right? So it's almost like you're talking with him, but everybody else can still see you, all right? All right, it's kind of a tight, why don't you scoot over so he can get in there. Okay, there you go. And so he meets these guys in prison, and here it is again, some dreams. And so uh, they have some dreams. And the one guy says, you know what, they're really troubled. And Joseph's like, hey, what's bothering you guys? You know, when you're walking with God, you will have a concern for other people. And Joseph had a concern for other people. He said, what's going on, man? You're you're bothered. And the one guy says, "Um, well, I had a dream, and and uh, so here's my dream. This is weird dreams, okay? So he has a dream, and he says, I saw a vine. Now, he's in prison. His job outside of prison was the king's cup bearer. So in other words, he'd maybe taste the food or taste the drinks so that he did not, the, the king did not get poisoned. And so he was Pharaoh's cup bearer. Pretty important position, really. They're, they're one of the most, if not the most trusted person that Pharaoh would have is the person to protect him from getting poisoned. And so I had this dream and I saw a vine. And this vine had three branches and those branches budded forth and they blossomed and grapes grew. And I took those grapes and I squeezed them out into Pharaoh's cup and gave it back to him. And that was my dream. That's kind of a weird dream, isn't it? 
And Joseph said, well, you know what? Uh, God's helped me with some of these things in the past, and, and, and God can interpret that, and here's what I think that dream means. This means that in three days, three branches mean three days, and in three days, you are going to be restored to your position as the king's cupbearer. Why? I don't know. I don't know why he was in jail in the first place. I don't know how he got, really got out, but that's the way, way it happened. And that was the truth. Three days later, he was out, and he was in the king's position. Now, the other guy had a dream, and I didn't have branches or vines, so I'm sorry about that. And the other guy had a dream, and he had been the king's baker. Boy, you know, that's pretty cool if you're a king and you've got your own, you know, baker. But he had his own baker, and he said, I was walking, and I had, you just look straight ahead, I had three baskets on my head. That's pretty weird, right? I had three baskets on my head, and, and there were all sorts of, of, of the king's Bake meats. Now, that's not a word that we use, but bake meats is all kind of, you know, maybe donuts, maybe some pastries, some pop tarts, I don't know, that were in the king's, uh, in that basket. And the birds came and they picked out those things and they ate them. And then that, that was the end of my dream. Well, that's kind of weird too, right? Uh, but that was a dream that, that God gave him. And Joseph said, Well, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but similarly, it's like the other guy, but. Those three baskets also represent three days. But at the end of three days, um, you're going to be taken out of prison and they're going to cut your head off uh, because that's just the way it's going to be. And so uh, in three days, that's exactly what happened is this guy was, I'm not going to take your head off, but you're done. You can go back and sit down, all right? And so he was taken away. Now, this guy, you can stand up. He was the cupbearer, and he was restored to his job. And Joseph said, hey, when you're on your way out, please don't forget about me because you know why I'm here. You know why there's nothing I did to be here. So remember me. So he goes back to his job. And we'll just say your job's over here, okay? So he goes back to his job, and, and Pharaoh, uh, two years later, because this guy forgets. He's a little short on memory. Now, I don't know how he forgot. I really don't know how he forgot. I think God was in control of all those things. I don't really understand that. But two years. You know, I don't know how long Joseph had been in prison up to this point, but it's a long time. And two more years, he's in prison, and he's thinking, man, I'm helping this guy out. I thought God was doing something. You know, there's a lot of times in your life that you're like, oh, God's doing something in my life, and tomorrow something great's going to happen. And you know what? It doesn't quite happen like you expected, but you still have to trust God. And so after two years, Pharaoh has a crazy dream, a crazy dream. And he says, man, I just got this crazy dream. And he gets this wise men together, and the wise men come in. They're like, I don't know. I don't, that's just a crazy dream, you know. I really don't know what to tell you. And, uh, you know, stop eating right before you go to bed. Maybe that's, maybe that's the thing. And, and all of a sudden, short-term memory turns into long-term memory. And the cupbearer says, Whoa, wait a minute. I know a guy. I know a guy. He, he, can, he can tell you the dream. I, I, was, I was in prison, and, and I had this crazy dream. And, and he told me what it meant. And it was right. And so he says, we'll go get him. So they get up Joseph, and, and they bring Joseph out of prison, and uh, Joseph shaves. So good job. You already shaved. And, right? <laughs> and so he shaves his face, and he gets all dressed because he's going to go see the Pharaoh. You know, it's kind of a big deal. And so he goes before Pharaoh, and, and Pharaoh says, well, hey, uh, I heard that you uh, interpret dreams. And he says, look, it's not me. It's God. Wow, right? Wow, that he would give God the credit when he would want to say, no, it, it was me, because he wants to get out of prison, right? 
And he says, no, you know, it's God that does that. And maybe, 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 maybe I can. Maybe God will give me the, the ability to do that. And he says, well, here's my dream. He says, uh, I had this dream and there were, there were, there were lean stalks of corn. Now, I don't know if these are lean stalks or these are the, the good stalks. Now, maybe they were. And he said, he said, these, these lean ears of corn, uh, there, there's seven, seven good ears of corn came up and then, uh, seven lean ears and the seven skinny ones ate the, ate the fat ones and they were all gone. And he said, I had another dream and there were, there were, uh, Seven fat cows. That's kind of cool. And there were seven fat cows, but then there were seven skinny cows, and the seven skinny cows ate all the fat cows. I don't, I don't know what that even looks like, right? I mean, a dream where cows eat other cows? That's kind of weird. Where, where corn eats corn? It doesn't make sense to me. But you know what? Don't look at me like you've never had weird dreams, all right? He had weird dreams, and so that's what it was. And so Joseph says, you know what? I think the Lord has given me the, the answer here. He says, those seven, it's the same dream twice, and God is telling you that because God wants you to know that, and this is very important, and he's saying it twice so that you make sure that you get it. And he says, here's the deal. Those seven uh, good Ears of corn and those seven cows are seven years of, we're going to have plenty. We're going to have plenty of crops. The cows are going to eat well. They're going to grow fat, but they're going to be followed by seven years of famine. And you need to prepare for that so that you can, so that you can establish your kingdom and so that you can keep people fed during that time. And so what you need to do, you need to appoint somebody that's wise over, over your kingdom. And so, uh, you know, the King was pretty smart at that point. The king said, yeah, that's true, and uh, you're the smartest guy around. So you know what, Joseph? I think I'm going to have you do that. Whoa. So here's Joseph. He goes from the prison cell to the palace, and not just the palace, but the king puts his ring on him and says, Joseph, there is nobody but myself that's greater than you in this kingdom. You know what that means? Nobody greater than the guy that everybody treats like a god in this kingdom. Whatever you say, that's what needs to be done. So here they have seven years of plenty, and Joseph is just packing it away and making people bring their, their corn and their cows and everything else into his storehouses and all those things. And then the seven lean years come. The famine years come, and that affects everybody. It affects Joseph's family. And so Joseph's, uh, Joseph's dad doesn't know Joseph's alive, doesn't know anything about the Egypt story because he thinks Joseph is dead somewhere. Well, he says, hey, boys, we are, we're out of food. We've got to do something about that. So we, I heard that there's food in Egypt, so can you guys get up on to Egypt and see if you can get us some food? So they get up. Yes, Dad, we'll get up. We'll get up. <laughs> yeah, and so they get up and they go, and at this time, they can't recognize him because this is, remember he was 17 years old when he had the dreams and all this stuff. This is probably 20 some years later. I mean, he was 17. He may not have been shaven and now he may have a beard. He's, he's dressed differently. He looks differently. He may, you know, I don't know. Maybe they put face paint on him because we see that and, you know, we see it in the movies. So maybe it's true, right? I don't know. But he's dressed differently. He speaks a different language and all that. And they're saying, hey, we are, we're here from the land, from another land and, and we're out of food. And that's why we're here. Well, he knows who it is. He recognizes them. 
And so he's going to give them a hard time. He, he speaks to them through an interpreter, like, oh, I don't know your language. And, uh, and he's giving them a hard time. You're, out, you're coming to spy out my land. And he just gives them a hard time. He sends them home and, and puts their money back in their bags. And now they're scared that they think that they've stolen. And he does all kinds of stuff to them. And he's just, he's just kind of messing with them. I don't know if, he's, if he thinks it's funny or whatever, but he wants them to bring his little brother, Benjamin. He wants to see his little brother. So finally they do that. And then, he's, and then he makes it look like Benjamin stole something. And because what he wants, them to do is bring his father because he loves his father and so he knows look if I keep if I keep Benjamin back here they're going to go get their dad because that's the only way they're going to get Benjamin back well they said look we can't do that we cannot leave Benjamin that's the worst thing we can do our father would die we have to so one of them says look I'll stay Simeon says I'll stay put me in prison I don't care but we you cannot do that we've already lost one brother we can't lose two it's just a bad idea so they go and do that, and they bring, the, they, they, they bring dad. Well, eventually, here's what happens. Joseph said he just can't take it anymore. And the Bible says that he sent, he sent all the other Egyptians out, and he starts crying, and all the other Egyptians could hear him crying. And they're like, why is this guy crying? He says, I'm your brother. I'm your brother, Joseph. Can you imagine what they felt like? They're like, oh, no, we're in real trouble now. And he says, no, 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 it's okay. Well, eventually... They bring their dad in there. They establish them. Pharaoh gives them land. They're able to live there. They're able to prosper there. And this was all in God's control. God brought them there so that they could grow as a nation, so they could establish their, their herds and their people and all those kind of things. Well, the time comes, the dad dies. Jacob dies. At that point, the brothers really get scared. And they, they talk to each other and they say, hey, they said, hey, um, now dad's dead and there's nobody's going to stop us from, from getting killed. Joseph has probably been waiting on this moment for dad to die. And so we're probably all going to you know, get what's coming to us for what we did to him. I mean, he's been a slave. He's been in prison. This is just bad news, guys. And so they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go talk to him. We're going to say, hey, Joseph, before dad died, dad said, don't kill us. All right. So they're trying to use that against him. And so here's what they did. They, they came and they, that's what they said. Now, Stop right there. I have to show you Genesis chapter 50. So if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 50. And in this time, okay, I got to tell you this. In this time, there were three different occasions where they bowed their heads almost even to the ground. It says in verse 26 of chapter 43, and they bowed themselves to the earth. Remember the dreams. Remember the dreams of the corn bowing down and the stars bowing down. And God is answering this dream that he gave to him. And they are bowing down. I wonder if they remembered. I wonder if they remembered those dreams that God was fulfilling. Genesis chapter 50. It's the last chapter of the book. And this is what happens. So uh, I will read it. Verse 15. You guys listen carefully right here. Just listen carefully. Verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us. He will certainly requite us of all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, thy father did command before he died saying, so shall you say to Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin for they did unto the evil, and now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of thy servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. You know, Joseph's heart was tender. 
And Joseph said, oh no, oh no, it's not like that at all. Oh, this is so good. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we be thy servants. Here again, they're bowing before their brother as God had prophesied in the dream. And they're saying, look, we're sorry, Joseph, we're sorry. Look, when you do wrong, you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to go to that person and say, this is what I did. I did wrong. Will you please forgive me? That's what we all ought to do. And then he says this. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? This is a big thought, but you're big enough to get this thought. Joseph is saying, I'm not God. I do not have the right to hold this against you. Now, as human beings and as people, we think, yeah, but he was done wrong. But Joseph is saying, I'm not a judge. Only God is the judge. And I don't have the right to hold this against you. That's a big thought. But here's what you need to say. You need to say, and I need to say, that I don't have the right to hold other people's wrongdoings against me. I don't have the right to hold it against them. Because that sin is ultimately, remember, it's against God, not just against other people. And he says, I am not God to hold this against you, but as for you, you thought evil against me. You wanted to do wrong to me. You wanted to hurt me. You didn't like me. But God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. He said, you know what? I didn't understand the whole time. You didn't understand the whole time. But God understand the whole time that even though you hated me and you didn't like me and you wanted me to hurt, God meant it for good to save you alive and to save other people alive. God had a plan the whole time, just like Esther. He says, I don't have the right to hold that against you. And he says this. Now, verse 21, this is so good. Now, therefore, fear not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly into them. You know what this is saying? He said, I forgive you. I, I'm not, it's not even my job to not forgive you. I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to help you. You know, Joseph's perspective was it didn't matter what you guys did. God had a plan in all this and I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you grow. There's nothing in Joseph to hold against them. Now listen, forgiveness is this. Somebody does wrong to you. Forgiveness is I will not bring it up to you. I'm not going to say, well, you did this to me. That's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. And it means I'm not going to bring it up to somebody else and say, hey, do you know what they did? They did this to me. That's not forgiveness either. If you're telling other people about it, you haven't forgiven them. If you're telling them about it and holding it against them, you're holding it against them, not forgiving them. And I'm not going to bring it up to myself. I'm not going to, in the quietness of my heart, say, well, you know what they, do you remember what they, no, I push it out of my mind and say, no, that's not forgiveness. I release them of this. I release them of that. And that's forgiveness. Now, I want you guys to just quietly go sit down. Okay, that's just go straight to your seats. All of you. Yep, all of you. Go straight to your seats. Now, God has a purpose in this story for us. We've already talked about it a little bit. Even though Joseph was abused, mistreated, all that, Joseph was guided by truth, the truth of God, the truth of God's word that we have in God's word today. He was guided by that, and therefore God used him to forgive and to show us something about God. You know what that is this? It's interesting that Joseph said, I'm not in the place of God. That's not my position. But even if he were in the place of God, God has every right 
to hold every wrong thing that we've done, to hold it against us and say, you're guilty before me and you should die for your sin. And that is true. He tells us that, that we should die for our sin. But instead, even though he is in the place of God and he could hold it against us, he said, no, I'm going to take my son. I'm going to put my son in your place so that he can take that punishment for you because I want to forgive you. And he says to your life, he says, I will nourish you and I will take care of you and I love you because that's who God is. That's how big our God is. That even though he deserves and he could say, I'm going to hold every wrong thing against you, he says, I'm going to forgive you. That's big. Now how can I, as a person who's been forgiven, hold something against somebody else? How can I not forgive when I've been forgiven? And maybe you're here today and you need to forgive somebody. And there's somebody in your life, and I'm not saying you have to trust them. But I'm saying maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you need to go to somebody and ask for forgiveness for something you've done that's wrong. And most importantly, maybe you need to go to God and say, God, if you would send your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me, Lord, I'd like to be forgiven. You know what he says? I'll forgive you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He sent his son not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He wants you to receive Christ as your Savior. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. May the message you've just heard be truth that transforms your heart and life. Christ loves you and wants you to grow in His grace through salvation and sanctification. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, we'd love to talk to you personally. Please give us a call at 318-894-9154 or shoot me an email at mherpster at southlandcamp.org. Christ has promised eternal life and a life worth living if you will only believe in Him. May the Lord bless you in your pursuit of Christ-like living. Tune in next time right here for another message on the Southland Podcast.